How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hello, and welcome back to the campfire. My name is Colby McHugh, and I am your host, your guide, your mostly broken compass that'll lead us in a topsy-turvy journey to figure out what makes a great story. And sometimes, like in this very episode you're listening to right now, we even tell a few stories ourselves. Our guest today hails from the academic world, someone who not only has experience writing for herself, but also has tons of experience in teaching English and writing, which I'm very excited to chat about. Uh, This talented guest also has been described by the one and only Brittany Wyland, designer of this podcast and my wonderful partner as the, and I quote, biggest Swifty I've ever met, (laughs) which feels like an accomplishment worth mentioning and also some applause. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I can't wait to hear all about her experiences and influences as well as hear what sort of story she wrote for this episode. So please join me in welcoming her around the campfire, Sarah Packer. Thank you. Hello, Sarah. Beautiful. Hi, Colby. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. I came in here and I told you, like, I have been dying for the moment someone puts a microphone in front of me. Well, you are in the right place. In the the S'more Stories studio, a.k.a. my kitchen. Yes. Lovely. Uh, This is going to be super exciting. As as mentioned in the intro, you and Brittany go way back. Yeah. Which is super exciting. Um, The Swifty comment is just a, a... a resume builder. Yeah, as far you as know, I'm it's concerned. a CV line for sure. Exactly. I will take it and use it. I'll run with that. <laughs> um, and so, of course, you are a teacher. You said yeah. as you came in, I just came back from professing. Yeah. <laughs> teaching. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely excited to, to chat about that because that is a, a fascinating world. It truly is. Um, but first, like with a lot of my guests, I think it's important to hop in that time machine and kind of travel back to your more formative years. Yeah. The years that maybe. We were more awkward. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Potentially. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, were you, uh, obviously you're a writer now, mm-hmm. but what was your your childhood storytelling experience like? Um, I think so many writers have the same experience where you just find like the book or the books in your childhood. Um, and for me, like I was re- reading voraciously, mm-hmm. like really, really young. I, I read Harry Potter when I was six. Um, which is, I don't remember how much of it I actually retained because that sounds really good, but I can't really remember how it actually came to be if I actually, and I remember like trying to read Pride and Prejudice really young too. I had no idea what was going on. And, um, I just thought I looked so cool in middle school. Oh, every, uh, everybody that saw you was like, oh, that person's smart. Yeah. (laughs) But I am not, I did read that and I, I don't think I understood very much of it in high school either, but, um, (laughs) I think, yeah, it it started just reading and wanting to emulate what I was reading. Um, And really young, reading a story and wishing it had ended differently and being like, I not, you know, I can imagine myself at like five years old being like, I could have done this better. (laughs) (laughs) But not like that, but but realizing I could I could do that myself and I could create an ending. Um, And then it was. I think fifth grade, 
was the only time like fifth grade and then not again until college where creative writing was actually something that was discussed in an academic setting mm-hmm. in a school. Um, and I just fell in love, fell in love with it. Um, yes. and so always wrote, um, never did anything with it. was always way too scared to even share it. And then getting to college, my undergrad degree, creative writing classes, um, what was your what was your major in college? I majored in English writing and rhetoric. And <clears throat> at the time there wasn't a, a creative writing. They're actually the school I went to is trying to um implement a creative writing concentration now. Um so I got, I got to vote on that, which is really cool. Ooh, uh, yeah. I influence. was like, yes, please. <laughs> um, but I took like majority of creative writing classes and, you know visual rhetoric and I don't even know what rhetoric was when I got into college. I, I was like, this I is what I I'm still doing. don't. It's I can give you a crash course, but it's so fucking boring. <laughs> well different different episode. Different yeah, podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um but yeah, so I think like college really was a huge foundation for me in writing and like gaining confidence. I had a um poetry class. I, I have so many friends still to this day from that class. Yeah. But we had to write our poems and our, my professor made everybody read their poems out loud. And he didn't tell us if he had told us, I would have dropped the class. That's a, goal, that's a strategy. He, <laughs> yeah. he didn't tell you on he purpose. He deliberately didn't tell yes. us. And I remember like the first time I ever did it, I threw up before class. <laughs> I like, threw up in the bathroom. I was so nervous. And now, and that would have, that would have been like 2017, maybe yeah. 2016. And now that's not, it doesn't phase me at all. Now you're on a podcast about the yeah, story. Now I'm a, yeah, now I'm like for the math. I can grab a bucket if you need. Think, just, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll have it ready. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was just a huge foundation for me, getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable receiving criticism. Um, and then by the time I got to grad school, I was like good to go um, yes. and loved it. I imagine for for you in college, like me, that was probably the first time you experienced any sort of real feedback yeah, on your writing. Because in high school, I'm sure you wrote and didn't really want to share that with uh, anybody. Definitely. And so you're like not really getting any any bounce back yeah. from it. And so college is is a great environment for that. Yeah, where it you're, is. you're in classes where like your teacher forces you to do yeah. things and get out of your comfort zone and hear thoughts and opinions from other people. Yeah. And so it really does kind of ready you for yeah it's a huge growing experience Mm -hmm. and um as all you know growth opportunities in life when it's happening it sucks but afterwards like I can look back on it and think like if I hadn't had to do that I might not have been able to do it ever and so it's really I'm really grateful for that Did did you have any specific uh like classes that stuck with you where you're like this is the one that like really convinced me that I love writing and I have this passion yeah. for storytelling. Um, I took a probably that poetry class because sure. I always wrote like little stupid poems in my notes app. And so learning actual devices and learning how to how to manipulate language in that way mm-hmm. was really special. Um, but then I think probably grad school. I mean, I went to grad school for writing. Sure. Those are the classes that I, I think I will carry with me just forever. Um, and the, the people that I met there and the feedback that I got there was so, so serious and so well-intentioned. And I, I just, I could talk about my program all day. <laughs> I loved it. I had a, a wonderful time. Um, but yeah, I took a nonfiction class. Ooh, um, yeah. And I never cared for nonfiction. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, uh, there's a sort of misconception I think yes. about it. 
Um, and I took a, a amazing, amazing professor uh, at Kennesaw. His name is Garrett Conley. Mm-hmm. Um, I took him twice because I loved him so much. Kennesaw um, State University. Kennesaw State, yes. Master Shout of out. Arts in Professional Writing. Yeah. Um, he's actually got a novel coming out, I believe, early 2024. Ooh. Plug that for him. He's well. a listener. He'll, like, yeah, he'll, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for We're sure. He'll definitely sure. listen to this. Yes. Um, no, he, he won't. I'll send it to him. <laughs> Please. But um, yeah. he just really turned me around on that. Yeah. Um, and so I did, I think like learning a totally different trade almost within writing. Um, so now I write essays all the time. Nice. And it's fun to change it up. It really is. I never would have thought that I would be there, but so that always is gonna, is gonna stick with me too. I I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same thing in in my, in the last couple of years where I've always been a story guy. Like I just love stories. I love making up things in my head. And, but there is in the last, like, year even i've probably written a couple essays mm-hmm. uh, me and Brittany, we, i mentioned it on a previous episode we wrote a zine yeah awesome. i have an essay in there and that was kind of my first experience like writing an essay and putting it out there yeah. <laughs> for the world to read and it was like terrifying it's, it's so <laughs> it's like making yourself a character yeah in a way um and it's such a it can feel so self-indulgent and getting over that is a huge lesson to I learn i think that's a uh, self-indulgent is a is a good description yeah. for how it felt for mm-hmm. me and that's I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head right there, like because that's the last thing I ever want to be. Yeah, <laughs> in the absolutely. World, never, never want to come across it. And with nonfiction, you'll be like, "Why does anybody care what I have to say about this topic?" Exactly. And you just have to power through that yeah. and keep going. Which, when you think about it, it's like it's like when you look. You can look at an essay just like a story where you're like, yeah. for the first three quarters of my time writing it, I'm like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah, like, nobody's going to definitely care, do a shit about this. But then by the end of it, you're like. I don't even care. I yeah. want to tell the story. Like, yeah. And then you, that's, that's the beauty of it is yeah. you kind of power through yeah. to the end and then hopefully finish something. You have to have like enough faith in yourself to, to understand that at some, to some degree, what you have to say is, is valuable and worthwhile. Yes. Uh, Cause it is. That You heard it here first. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> what you have to say is worthwhile. Uh, thank you. That's, I, we, this is the best way to start a podcast just with yeah. positivity great writing is good do more of it yes um and, and we mentioned earlier you're you're a teacher you're a mm-hmm. professor mm-hmm. so what what drew you to to that world because obviously you do your own writing still yeah. that's always going to be great but what drew you to the idea of of helping others um learn? well it was not it's a big choice <laughs> it was not that to start okay it was actually so when i got my master's degree i had a teaching assistantship which meant that i would train for a year, TA for a year. And mm. then for the second year, I would teach my own um, English 1101 classes. And in doing that, I got my tuition waived. So when I yes. did it, when I was like, I can do this, I can do this for a year, um, <clears throat> two, I guess, technically, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't like gunning to teach. Sure. And then um, I just, I just wanted the tuition waiver and I still had to pay all the bullshit fees and stuff. You, so there is zero judgment. I am paying off yeah. my student loans. We are in the same boat. Uh, yeah. It's, I would have it's done the same rough. Thing. It's rough out there. Yes. Um, and then when I started teaching, I like very quickly was, I, I remember there was a point in my first semester of teaching kind of towards the end of the semester where I had this thought to myself, I, I thought about all the other jobs that I'd had and um, how you always, there's always that moment one day when you wake up and you just don't want to go and <laughs> what? No, right. <laughs> yes, right. It's never happened. Yeah. Um, and I had that with every job. And I remember thinking vividly one morning I had a pretty early class too, mm. that there was not a, a single day in the semester where I didn't want to go into work. Whoa. 
And I never had anything like that before. And I was like, oh, no, I have to do this, don't I? <laughs> oh, no, like, I, I'm enjoying yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I did not expect this. Um, so I did that. Um, I loved – I had fantastic students mm-hmm. at Kennesaw um, and ended up – you know, once I graduated, I had gotten a job not teaching, kind of tangentially related to teaching. Sure. And then a real, it's a crazy story. I won't go into the whole thing, but I, I was contacted by my undergraduate in college um, and they were looking for teachers. Wow. Nice. And I was like, you got scouted. Oh, kind of. Yeah. I yeah. Like, ran into someone at a party. It was the whole thing. Because <laughs> um, I go to parties with my professors. Hey, but <laughs> we, we party on this podcast. Yeah. We're cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Writers can party. Definitely. Oh, and like the, the alcohol is out of this world. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. For sure. Great drinks. Um, but that's how I got this, this job. And it's, it's different. Like it's a different school, different atmosphere, Mm -hmm. different student body, but still equally as fulfilling for me. I'm really enjoying it. I love that. I'm, I'm genuinely happy for you because I know the idea of like, when you, when you wake up, you know, a couple months into a job and you're like, wow, I actually like, yeah, don't hate this. Yeah. It's special. I'm looking forward to it. It doesn't happen a lot. It's rare. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited that you are experiencing that and <laughs> and, and are, are getting to do something you love. I yeah. know that's that's the best feeling. It's really great. Um, I, I know, I imagine teaching in the modern day and, and Brittany specifically asked me mm-hmm. to, to ask you about this because it is a fascinating topic yeah. is uh, dealing with stuff like AI yeah. and dealing with uh, the tools that students use to not write. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and so I am so curious about your take on it, especially because I'm sure it's a high school problem too mm-hmm. for students, but specifically in college where k- kids try to get away with more. Definitely. I, I, I just, yeah. What, what is, what is your take on all of that? We know, we know as writers yeah. what the actual take <laughs> is, but just from your experience as a teacher dealing with it. It is, I mean, I, I could go like the PC route and say, of course, there's uses for it academically. And I know I'm Don't sure- Don't feel the need to. <laughs> I'm sure there's <laughs> science to back that up, but I I just cannot get behind it at all. Um, because like you said, it's a way for students to avoid writing. Exactly. And, you know, English 1101 and English 1102 or 101, 102 um, are required classes at every university for a reason, because mm-hmm. you have to know how to write. Um, whatever profession, you have to be able to send an email. You have to be able to- you know, send a text or form a sentence. Yes. Just the most basic things all go back to writing. And when you ask something, which by its own name, artificial intelligence means that it is not really intelligent (laughs) to it's, it's artificial. Um, when you ask that to generate something for you, it's not going to give you the best. Um, and the only way for you to really truly understand that is to learn what is the best way to say something. And if you are intent on constantly just referring back to AI to generate things, that means you're not in the mindset to learn how to do it yourself. You're just letting the the computer do yeah. the stuff for you and you're just playing it off. Yeah. Look at look at my thoughts. It's and it's quite easy to point out. There there's definitely times when um, it would have slipped under my radar without the technology to detect it. Sure. Um, but it's really, it, it breaks my heart, honestly. Um, yes. And I'm always kind of a bleeding heart anyway. But when I have like a, a personal assignment, um, that's just like a, I do writing assignments, like quick, you know, 300 word writing mm-hmm. assignments. And it's like, tell me about your family. And when someone uses AI for that, it actually, <sighs> it, it like morally defeats me. And I'm just like, why can't you just tell me? And I always tell them, I would rather have your imperfect writing than 
a gener like a robot's perfect generated response 100 it's the human response like Absolutely. nobody's perfect right nobody we're writers we a lot of sentences we write yeah have mistakes yeah we write dumb stuff absolutely that's okay and i there's no style to it at yeah. all it's it's just so straightforward and i was thinking this morning um when i was like leaving i was coming home from campus the um the this idea that like it's my students use it almost like google mm. they will ask it questions and it's crazy to me that like that Google is too complicated <laughs> to use. <laughs> Just put it in Google. Um, but That's it, fascinating. Yeah. It made me wonder if, you know, 20 years, I don't know what year Google was founded and became publicly available, but it made me wonder in 20, 30, 40 years, is ChatGPT going to be what Google is? And is it going to be something that we have to implement? Oh. It's scary. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, yeah. I'm not even a teacher, and that's terrifying to, it's to imagine. Really, it's frightening, and and I, I just don't don't. And they also use it to like enhance sure. their writing, what they say. Right. Um, and I do my best. I I do this exercise with them, um, where I write a sentence, and I'm like, okay, I create this hypothetical situation, and I'm like, all right, let's say there's a contest for who can write the best paragraph about the weather, mm. and the winner gets a thousand dollars. And so I write like a really basic shitty paragraph about like today's weather. And then I'm like, okay, you guys like help me make it better. Help me make it better. Right. And they do. And then I have like a really beautiful paragraph and I'm like, okay, submit it to the contest. I win. I get the money. And they're like, wait, like, mm. wait, what a second, wait a second. And I'm like, well, you know, you, you guys just enhanced it, but I wrote it. Yeah. And they're like, no, we did the work. I'm like, exactly, exactly. When you use someone else, something else to enhance your work, it is not your work anymore. You don't get all the credit. You don't get that $1,000. And it's like the only thing I've ever been able to do that I think really hits. I mean, that's such a good symbol. Thank you. That like is easily understandable. Yeah. That they can relate to in the moment because they're like, I want money. Exactly. <laughs> and so once you bring money into it, they're like, okay, now I'm yeah. invested. Yeah. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's uh it's taking other people's work mm -hmm. and you know claiming it as yeah. as your own. And uh, I'm curious, what like do you have any ideas of what like percentage do you think like when you have an assignment? Yeah. A, a basic writing assignment. How many? Uh, assignments get turned in do you, that you can tell like use that stuff or is it like a lot a little um, like when i was at kennesaw it happened only two times okay. maybe three sure um at this school that i'm at and I'm, I'm i you know just to account for the the variables i'm teaching significantly more at this class sure. I, you know more than double what i was doing at kennesaw but it, i i've had probably 60 at this point meetings oh. About it. Um, and um, a lot of it is the enhancement. And so I'm a little more, um, they just don't understand. So they, it's a learning experience. Sure. But when it's, they, they just don't seem to view it as plagiarism at all. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Is that it is. <laughs> it's, it's like, because they're taught, I guess in high school, you know, plagiarism is taking work from someone else that they wrote. And it doesn't count if it's a robot. A computer's apparently. not a person. They don't have rights. Exactly. <laughs> I just don't like understand. Um, but I, I take it very seriously to, to educate them on it yes. um, and really hope that um, – because it's not like high school where you coordinate with other teachers. I don't know what other classes they're taking. So I can only hope that other professors are, you know, looking out for it and cracking down on it too because yeah. um, unfortunately it may just have to be a lesson learned the hard way. <sighs> yes. And that – I think – 
for a lot of them, that's going to wind up be the case. Yeah. You know, they might just have to fail a paper or yeah. get a zero on something, which sucks, but you got to learn somehow. Yeah. And, and I, I very much hope that we don't trend towards chat GPT yeah. overlord. Have you ever used chat GPT? I haven't. I'm a little scared too because yeah. it – because I know a lot about it, but I'm I do not want to mess with it. It's a little I I used it um just to show my students. I didn't do it this semester, but I did last semester. Um, we had it write a short skit, and I had my students perform the skit. Because oh it it was it it has no concept of humor whatsoever. <laughs> no, that's true. It, it can't was, write a joke. Yeah, it was awful. Um, and it was honestly, it it. It was pretty sexist um, because I put oh, it, like is the internet sexist? Right, yeah. No. Imagine that. Yeah, I put um, myself into the skit. I was like, you know, make a make a play about Professor Packer's class, and every single time it made Professor Packer a man. Oh my god! And I was like, no. this is really it pissed me off. My students did not understand that, um, and so yeah, it's problematic. But I use it now. Um, before when I have a writing response, I'll type it, you know, I'll type the question in just to see what comes back so that I can catch it. Because yes. another thing they don't understand is that if everybody asks it the same question, it's going to give everybody the same answer and then they all turn in the same answer. <laughs> and it's just stuff that just completely escapes their minds. Yes. I mean, I let's let's just hope for the, for the future, for a future generation of writers. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll figure it out. I hope. And, and be like, no, writing is cool. I hope. Writing ourselves is cool. Yeah. Not, not pulling in yeah. the, the AI to do it for us. Yeah. The writer's strike has kind of helped with that too. I yes. think it's it's a good tool to to point people to be like, look, look what's happening yes. when we don't have real human writers. It's bringing eyes to, sure. to the situation yeah. for sure. And and yeah, I obviously we want we want writers to get paid mm -hmm. what they what they deserve. Yeah. Um and uh that's I feel like we can we can curb the discussion there. Yeah. Because uh, the world's going to be a better place. Absolutely. And, just, and we'll do it. We'll make that. it. <laughs> um, no, I, I do always want to ask uh, every guest, because every guest has a different answer, mm -hmm. uh, this question. Um, it's a super simple one. What makes a good story to you? Like, it, it can be as broad or as minute as you want it. Well, to build on what we were just talking about, yeah. a good story is human. Um, and I don't mean that necessarily just talking about artificial intelligence, but, um, if you are trying too hard to make a story perfect, it's going to lose some of that humanity. Um, the best stories are about really universal human feelings of grief and loneliness and longing and love and joy. Um, and having that humanity come into a story is what makes it good. It's what makes it relatable. If it's, human and beautiful and um not that everything has to be relatable but i think you know it has to be something that people can draw on a little bit in their own experiences mm -hmm. so just that understanding that even the hard things are beautifully human is what makes a good story yeah and it's in it's such an easy thing to connect to mm -hmm. as a human yeah. being because it's, it's i love that you mentioned that. i think it's a, such a, a good answer um and, and it makes me think uh when, like when i was growing up or maybe even high school probably in college as well at this point whenever i would hear somebody describe like a story or a book or a movie as like oh it's about the human condition yeah i was like what does that mean yeah like i don't understand that sounds dumb it sounds film theory it sounds like you know above my pay grade yeah. basically but as i've gotten older it's like the human condition can mean anything. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, definitely. Literally just anything. Like you yeah. mentioned, it's like anything that you can connect to as a human to another human. Yeah. And that's the human condition. And so I think 
it's such an underrated thing to think about yeah. when you're thinking of a story. Definitely. Because it can be literally a book. It can be a TV show. Yeah. It can be a movie. And, and when you see that on screen or in a book, like – you can just connect to it easier. Yeah. I think I, I love that. I think it's that was one of my bits that I would always do in grad school when people would say, like, how are you? And I, I would always say I was suffering from the human condition. And it just it doesn't actually mean anything. But yeah. I thought it was so funny. I never didn't answer it with that response. And people know what that means. <laughs> yes. When you say it. You're like, hey, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. They're like, oh, okay, I'll leave you to it. It's Monday morning. I get it. <laughs> yes. For sure. We're all we're all there. Yeah. I get it. Um, I love that. I, I love this question. Yeah, it is really gets good. Such a, a good answer. Yeah, and it's different every time. That's great. Every single time, and they're uh, all correct too. There is, is zero awesome. wrong answers. Yeah. that's the beauty of it as well. Um, and I think I think now's a good time to introduce the topic. Yeah, that you absolutely. chose, which I think is a, a, a fascinating one. Yeah, I loved um, it. I'll let you introduce it. Since um, you chose it. So I will start by saying it was the one of the hardest choices I've made this year oh, I'm because honored. that list is amazing. Everything is bombastic on that list. It's a wild one. Um, there was I really wanted. There was one that I wanted to do um, related to Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's my favorite movie. I'm a, I, for whatever reason I love Ghostbusters, but it was kind of it was a um, kind of a crude. I'm kind of a prude. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to write this. Um, but the, it's, uh, that's understandable. Yes. The topic that I chose from your incredible master list is the picture stayed crooked. The picture stayed crooked, uh, which we always want to give a shout out to the people that submitted these uh, topics. And this one was submitted by uh, my cousin, Great. Meredith Simpson. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you, Meredith. So what drew you to this one among all of those weird, weird, yeah. weird topics? Um, my, I always write about people, just real people. Um, and I, I should probably try and break myself of that at some point, <laughs> but it seemed like something that I could write a really good story about someone who could just be your neighbor or your teacher or your classmate. Um, and so I, I had an initial idea and I totally deviated <laughs> as you do oh, yes. uh, from it, but I really, I'm so curious to hear how you took it because I took it way darker than I thought I would. It happens sometimes. Yeah, it yeah. happens sometimes. I, like you said, I also cannot wait yeah. <laughs> to, to hear hear your story. So I think I think that's all we need. Yeah. I think I I think we're ready to to hop in. Perfect. Who wants to read first? I'm kind of afraid to follow you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I will go first. Love it. Um, I Perfect. don't I don't have a title. That's okay. There is no expectation Good. for a title. Uh, you've done the right thing anyway by Great. writing a story. Thank you. Okay. So we'll uh, I'll let you read and then we'll discuss a little bit. Okay, awesome. My finger hovered over the green call button next to my therapist's name. A thin layer of silver dust had collected on the cracked screen of my phone, evidence that the closet I was cleaning out hadn't been touched in decades. You can call me anytime, Brittany, my therapist, had said after encouraging me to do this. When my mother died two weeks ago, I'd been mailed the large envelope that contained her last will and testament. Unable to face it myself, Brittany had allowed me to open it in her office. Nothing about it was a surprise. All my mother's savings and her entire estate had been left to her church. She often said that the church was all she had, probably the reason I landed myself in intensive therapy as soon as I left home. My mother was a fixture in the church, and by extension, growing up, so was I. It hadn't always been like that. I recall a few years before the development of my permanent memory where we were happy. 
A small house, an old dog, Christmas movies on staticky VHS tapes. I don't know when that stopped being enough, and I don't recall exactly when everything changed. Brittany and I had reconstructed the past in our sessions, much of it assumed or fictionalized, all the better to form some sort of narrative to work through. We determined that my single mother, in over her head and probably lonely, had either sought community in the church or been targeted as a recruit. I wondered aloud exactly when she realized that it wasn't a normal church and exactly when she decided that it didn't matter. We concluded that she craved belonging at any expense, even expenses that normal people wouldn't pay. I sighed and clicked the lock button on the side of my phone. Might as well wait. I was sure that I would only continue to add to the long list of things to tell my therapist as I finished cleaning out this house. This house, which should have been passed to me, which would probably be annexed by the church or altogether decimated for a land sale to fund their impropriety. My attention turned back to the closet. It was littered with piles and piles of folded clothes. The church had required that we take a vow of poverty, not much of a stretch from how we were living anyway, but my mother had been unable to part with any of her truly pretty things. Instead, she hoarded them where no one would ever see. I had half a mind to leave everything there, as it was, for the church elders to deal with. Let them see who she really was. As I pulled out the first pile of clothes, a small plastic object was knocked loose from its place on the closet floor. It knocked against my foot and rolled across the small bedroom, resting against the far wall with a heavy thud. Curious, I dropped the clothes into an unceremonious heap and went to retrieve the object, all at once wishing I hadn't. It was a small condiment bottle, the kind you see ketchup in at a diner, cylindrical with a thin spout at the top. It was about half full of water, which sloshed around innocently as I held the bottle in my shaking hand. I knew what it was. My mother had had me exercise when I was seven years old. It was all a bit dramatic, really, the priest's deep, authoritative commands for Satan to relinquish his hold on my body. To be honest, I don't recall Satan ever having had a hold on my body, but I never really forgot the feeling of that man's hands on my shoulders, pressing me into the cold hardwood floor as he squirted holy water into my hair from this dumb fucking ketchup bottle. This was why I'd swear on my life that my mother never loved me. But Brittany says that some people believe fear to be the heart of love, and my mother definitely feared me. She'd tell anyone who would listen that I'd been cursed from the moment I was born. I don't remember anything feeling cursed until shortly after we joined the church, but her whisperings followed me all my life. Jessica is insubordinate, she would say to her friends at the Sunday service. It got worse gradually, eventually turning into Jessica is unholy, Jessica is cursed, father, Jessica is possessed and she needs to be freed. The priest finally agreed to do it once my mother told her favorite story, the one inarguable proof that I was cursed. On the wall across from my mother's bed hung a framed print of the Last Supper. It had been gifted to her by another church member on the day of her baptism. Rebirth, they called it. To hear my mother tell the story, that picture had hung undisturbed for four years. She had already begun to suspect that I was cursed, possessed, haunted. The word changed with each retelling. When shortly after starting high school, I walked into her room and the picture shook violently, as if it meant to leap off the wall. My mother called out in prayer until the picture eventually settled at a stiff, crooked angle. When she brought the priest in for the exorcism, she promised him solemnly that she would leave the picture hanging off its hinges as a reminder of the dangers of straying from faith. I squeezed the holy ketchup bottle in my hand, knowing that if I glanced up, I would see that picture still hanging tilted on its awkward axis. Without thinking, I hurled the bottle in the general direction of where I knew the picture to be. 
I was rewarded with the satisfying crunch of breaking glass, and I waited for the next sound, which should have been the loud clunk of the rest of the unstable picture falling onto the hardwood. It never came. I finally looked up. The picture, small as it was, still seemed to dominate the otherwise empty wall. It was still hanging at exactly the same angle as before. I wondered with an ironic snarkiness if maybe I was cursed, if my simple presence in this house was still enough to malign the access of faith. I crossed over to the wall and made to wrench the picture from its hook, wanting to hear that sound I'd missed before, the old wooden pieces hitting the hardwood in the exact spot where I'd been traumatized by the exorcism, but it wouldn't budge. The picture stayed crooked. I stood back for a moment, unable to understand. I reached out a shaking hand to straighten the picture, but again it remained crooked. Gently, I lifted it off its hook, finally managing to shimmy it slowly away from the wall. I could see now why I'd had so much trouble. A simple silver wire stretched across the back of the frame, presumably to be held up by a single nail. But the delicate craftsmanship of the frame was damaged at the bottom corner, where I could see that an additional nail had been driven into the front of the gold wood and crudely painted over. My trembling fingers brushed over the tiny matching hole in the wall where, if secured by a thin nail, a hung picture would always appear to lie crooked. And that is your story. That's my story. Ooh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Okay. I love this. Thank you. This was uh, so much of things that I connect with yeah. As, oh, yeah. as a human being, the human condition. Yeah. We talked about that, about, about that earlier. I specifically church stuff. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so many of us. Uh, traumatic church stuff yes. for sure. So I, so much of that hits home for me, yeah. but you also were able to kind of combine that with like some horror elements, yeah. which was really cool because it, it, it hits home on, on a personal level, but also on just like spooky stuff yeah. <laughs> level. And so I, I'm so curious. You mentioned before when you're talking about the topic, you had an initial idea yeah. that you veered off from. Definitely. So I want to hear where it started and kind of how you drew to to this story. Yeah. So it started with, I wanted it to be a similar story where like um, the picture is crooked and it turns out it's purposely that way. Um, and so I was thinking that there was going to be like some hotshot guy who has all these crazy stories. And one of them is that this picture, no matter how he hangs it on his wall, always goes crooked sure. and the girl who's like obsessed with him in love with him she finally like goes to his apartment she realizes that he has nailed it that way <laughs> into the wall yep. so that he has this cool story but everything about him is fake and i genuinely have no idea how i got to where i got after that having been my initial plan um because i was like really feeling like i wanted to talk about men who lie because they, men lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a great story yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah I was like recovering from that in my personal life. Sure, so I was like, I'm gonna stick it to this man. Yes, um, and more then stories is the place for therapy. I, yes, I will. If I ever get around to writing it, I'll send it to you. Hell yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, and I was um, for some reason I like had seen a video about Munchausen by proxy. Oh yeah, which is like a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. And I was like, let's do that, but make it like instead of a disease like a possession yeah. and this mom is like lying about her child that mixture is so cool Thanks. like i can i could see like this would make a really cool short film i would I think, love that because you That'd get be so cool. you get the initial conversation of like the protagonist and the, th the therapist mm -hmm. and so you get that set up 
which very easily visualized. Mm-hmm. And then you can also visualize like all of the quick flashbacks of, yeah. of church life, of the, the picture frame shaking, you know, and um, I, I think the reason it's so easily visualized in my head is because you're really good at descriptions. Thank you. <laughs> which is great. Thanks. And I, I, I feel like I tend to notice that more because I'm really not good at writing okay. descriptions. And so seeing the, the way you kind of uh, use words to create a visual world was like very clear in my brain. I love that. Which is Thank great. Thank you. What a great compliment. Um, I also uh, have to admit how much I love the uh, holy water uh, yeah. ketchup bottle. <laughs> I, just yeah. that uh, image alone is incredible thank you i love it's so goofy yeah but i can see it and picture it in a real world (laughs) i don't know where that came from either i'm so fond of that idea yeah (laughs) like it just to me it just i wanted something that was like so ridiculous that how can anyone believe in this they've got holy water in a ketchup bottle you're (laughs) i mean you're talking to the wrong people church (laughs) church people tend to believe a lot of stuff yes so it makes very much of sense very much so Um, and, and I think it's the perfect amount of dark too. It it doesn't veer like into disturbing or even mm-hmm. like real horror. Yeah, because it is is like you, you don't really know until the last yeah. sentence of oh this is yeah it's fake human condition horror exactly yes yes he <laughs> said which is all the rage these days yeah that's definitely. like what people want is uh, in horror is like how do you deal with grief yeah you know how does that yeah how does that affect you and then all the scary stuff that yeah. happens with it. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's such a cool mixture of, of genres, but also, uh, just visual ideas. Thank um, you. I always try to ask with, uh, with some of these stories is, is this something that you would see yourself revisiting at some point, maybe expanding on or, or even yeah. like editing at some point? Cause a lot of stories I just forget about it's it and don't touch, <laughs> yeah. but, but some yeah. you like a lot, you know? Um, definitely. It's something, it's like a genre that I'm not super comfortable in. And I think those are the best places to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely like to lengthen it and see what other traumas I can give this Jessica character, <laughs> this poor girl. Um, there's there's lots to choose from, yeah. I'm sure, in, oh, the, in the church yes. world. <laughs> Especially like the culty church world, yeah. which is like terrifying. Mm-hmm. It um, is. And yeah, I would love to expand. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, the church thing I think is fascinating too. I want to touch on that because I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. A Christian, I went to a Christian school for a long time and my dad was a pastor for yeah. 30 years, a Baptist preacher. But then he kind of veered a little bit more into like super extreme end times stuff, which I won't say that it was a cult or anything, but like it wasn't that far off either. And so like this is a good uh, connection between that where it's like there's culty stuff right at the surface of what everybody is dealing with. (laughs) And and it's not always publicly known to the rest of the world. If you ever feel like you can work through some of that by writing, that's a great nonfiction topic to challenge yourself with. Uh, I have, I have written an essay (laughs) literally in the last like month that deals with a lot of that as well. It may or may not pop up in a future zine. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm curious uh, with your, what's your like typical writing process? Like, do you, go to a certain place yeah. like what 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 is a good productive session for you i'm, I'm genuinely yeah. curious well i just moved well <laughs> this year has gone so fast it was over the summer yes um and i used to have a desk and then i just wanted in this new apartment a kitchen table and i didn't have room for both mm-hmm. so i write at my kitchen table most times um because i have this kickstand laptop and i can't like lay down with it sure 
but I didn't write for a really long time when I first moved because my, I have a, um, <laughs> an entire wall in my apartment that is a huge mirror. Cool. It's like nine feet. Whoa. It's huge. Whoa. And I, it was like the only bad thing about my apartment and I could not, I couldn't write because I could just see myself. Oh, that would throw me off. It yeah. really did. And then I would like go on the other side of the table and then I could like feel my reflection. And it was just, nobody needs that. No one asked for this design choice. It's like um, the worst kind of people watching. Yeah. It's me watching. I really felt like I was going to turn around and my reflection would be like looking at, it was just, I hated it. I've seen that movie. Yeah. Right. Um, so I covered, I finally covered the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a curtain and some like really cute twinkle lights. It's mm -hmm. all good. And it's like very vibey now. Yeah. So yeah, it's my kitchen table. Um, I like to light. I have these long taper candles yeah. and just feel like cozy. I like to be warm. I like to have a beverage, mm -hmm. sometimes alcoholic, sometimes tea, sometimes, sure. you know, anything. Um, but I, it has to be quiet. I can't do music, can't do anything. Um, it's like really, really quiet. I love, I love the, the lighting thing as yeah. well. Like a good lighting environment can really like help get you into the flow state. Yeah. And that's like the best feeling. Absolutely. When you're just kind of in the zone and not even really thinking and just the words yeah. are just kind of flowing. Um, I do, I like a little bit of music. Yeah. Um, but no words. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's words. exactly it. There are times when I can listen to like instrumentals, but mm -hmm. if I listen to it too many times and I know the melody, it'll completely, I can't even talk when there's music playing. <laughs> I am so, my friends hate that. In the car, if I'm talking to you, the radio cannot be on. It's always been that way. That's interesting though. And it makes yeah. sense though, because you know, when you're, when you're writing, you are accessing like a certain part of your brain yeah. that sometimes if you're, if you're listening to something, it can kind of get in the way of that. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, but yeah, I love, I love a good candle lit yeah. writing oh, session. You love it. Love it. And then you got the smell going too. You're, yeah. getting, you're getting multiple senses there. Yeah. It's so, it's like fall and winter to me is the best time too. Cause it's just like the coziest. Yes. I love it. I yes. love a cozy. We, we are session. recording in November, yes. which is. We're, we're getting into the peak, yeah. peak cozy season, absolutely, um, which feels good. Uh, this is great. I'm I'm excited to to hear more things that you have written. So hopefully you'll oh, send great. me some things. Thanks, Colby. That's sweet. Um, because yeah, this is the fun part about, yeah. about this podcast. Um, you ready to hear mine? I am so ready. I can't okay. wait. <laughs> All right, let me pull it up. So this is uh, Party Animals. We will read it and then we'll discuss a little bit. They really couldn't party like they used to. That much was clear. Nikki wobbled to the bathroom on uneasy legs, feeling the liquid slosh around in her stomach like a water balloon. She hadn't drank like that in years, probably not since college. Morning had just come far too soon. As she sat on the toilet, contemplating if she was still a little drunk or just nauseous, an unpleasant memory from the night before flashed in her mind. Minjay's pounding head woke him to an empty bed. Half empty, at least. Where'd Nikki go? He hoped she hadn't run off. Again. A toilet flushed in the bathroom, letting him know she wasn't too far. The bedroom looked like a hurricane had run through. Clothes everywhere, drawers thrown open, and a spilled glass of old water wet the carpet. Oh shit, he suddenly thought in a panic. Her favorite picture. He eyed the wall and saw that the framed image of middle school Nikki with Joe Jonas was just barely hanging on the nail. Phew. Minjay knew how screwed he'd be if the picture had fallen and busted. Glad to see you're still here, Minjay said as he wandered into the bathroom with a head full of hornets. He could tell he wasn't drunk anymore, just purely hungover. Can I pee? What's that supposed to mean? Nikki replied as she finished up on the toilet. Where else would I be? 
A chuckle from Minjay as he emptied his bladder. I mean, you basically ditched me last night, remember? I had to come find you at the corner pub down the road. Me and Richie had no idea where you went. Aw, were you in your bra worried? Nikki said as she began to brush her teeth and immediately gagged when the toothbrush hit her tongue. Blech. I feel like shit. And as I recall, my ditching was warranted. Do you remember what Richie said last night? Doesn't sound like it. Minjay flushed and searched his memories of last night, only to find unfinished snapshots. Nothing concrete. This was not a good sign. What did Richie say? He asked with a sigh. Richie could be an asshole, he knew that much, and Nikki was never afraid of a little conflict or straight up calling someone an asshole. A real perfect storm of personalities. And I quote, Nikki began as she laid back down in the comfort of their bed and did her best douchey guy impression. I'm not saying this to be mean, but you've kind of got a cunty streak in you. That's what your friend said to me last night, and do you know what you did? Minjay rubbed his temples as he considered the right response to this question, of which there was none. No, I, I don't remember. But come on, the guy was drunk. You know how Richie... You laughed. You fucking laughed when a guy, your old pal, called me a... I don't even like saying it that much. It's so harsh. This isn't goddamn Australia where they say that shit all the time. He meant something by it. And you didn't do nothing. You did something worse. You encouraged it. Fuck, Minjay. Her eyes followed Minjay's, who looked at the wall with an obvious guilty feeling. She found the picture, her favorite physical photograph she owned, hanging limply on the wall, ready to fall and shatter with the slightest touch. Without speaking, she sat up and adjusted the frame, centering it on the wall once more. Almost immediately, it slid back down to a corner, hanging crooked once more, symbolic of Nikki's current equilibrium. Who's the potty mouth now? He asked with a chuckle, leaning up against the bathroom door. That's my point, dude. You don't even get it. I'm not joking. Why do you think I left without saying anything? It took you two hours to text me where I went. I checked. Was it that long until you noticed I wasn't there? Hey, I wanted to let you let some steam off, so I gave you space. Figured that was what you wanted. And clearly, I made the wrong choice. You were pissed. And yeah, I was having a good time with my friend, and I'm sorry he hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry I didn't take you seriously last night. Yesterday was a rough day at work, and I didn't want to ruin my night because he ruined yours. An awkward silence sat between them, so Minjay turned back to brush his teeth at the sink. Nobody wanted to speak. Nikki leaned back onto the bed and immediately felt the spins return with a vengeance. She tried closing her eyes and taking a deep breath, but her vision was a kaleidoscope and not the fun kind. Keep it together, girl, she whispered to herself. Lock it up. In the bathroom, Minjay stared blankly at himself in the mirror as he brushed away the grimy night from his teeth replaying the last 10 hours in his head and piecing it together like the, like the plot of the most boring hangover movie ever. Pretty quickly, Minjay realized how shitty he was being. Sometimes he just took a little longer to process his own guilt, not that it was an excuse. Shitty is shitty. With a deep breath of his own, he readied his apology. Hey, I shouldn't have- Move, interrupted Nikki as she barged through the bathroom doorway, covering her mouth to stop the oncoming deluge of vomit. She didn't make it to the toilet in time, much to both of their horror. Oh shit, Minjay said, and Nikki thought simultaneously as she more accurately emptied the rest of her stomach into the proper place. Almost instantly, Minjay stepped out of the bathroom, then the bedroom without saying anything else. Nikki noticed, despite the heaving of her body with every wretch, in the back of her mind, something had her wondering if the last three years had been wasted in this relationship. She didn't know what rock bottom felt like, but figured barfing like this couldn't be too far off. Was this hell? Or just some purgatory until the real shit hits the fan? Gasping for air over the toilet, Nikki couldn't be sure. Right as she figured nothing could get worse, Minjay reappeared in the bathroom, now wearing bright yellow cleaning gloves, goggles, and nothing else save for his black boxers. 
looking like the Korean Walter White without the whitey tidies. In his arms, he held a roll of paper towels, cleaning solution, and a Gatorade. Let me clean this up for you, he said, getting on his knees next to her. Also, drink this when you get a chance. It'll help. I'm really sorry that Richie was an asshole. Okay, I was also an asshole, and I'm also really sorry about that. I need to call him out on that stupid shit. It's, it's not funny, and it's hurtful. I'm going to talk to him. One more dry heave, as if Nikki's body just had to be sure it was running on empty. Uh, thank you. Whoa, that was a lot. I'm, I'm really sorry. Let me help you. I can... No, no, I got it. It's okay, Minjay said as he leaned down to begin scrubbing, and before he could react, the smell hit him like a jackhammer, sending his own stomach into overdrive. Oh, fuck. They made eye contact and both knew what was about to happen, so Nikki scooched over to make room at the toilet for Minjay. A minute later, they both sat stunned on their still very unclean bathroom floor. Nikki couldn't help but laugh. A small chuckle at first, the kind you try to hold in when sitting in class, and you know it's the absolute worst time to laugh. The kind your teachers hate. Minjay joined in, and soon their combined cackling echoed loudly in the bathroom. We really shouldn't drink like that anymore, huh? He said as they eventually got control of themselves. Nope. Not a chance, she replied. I think I'm just an edibles girly now. Confirmed. Nikki's eyes found the picture frame on the wall, the one of her and Joe Jonas still hanging crooked. Hey, at least my prized possession didn't shatter. That's a plus. Minjay reached straight in the frame, but it slid down uneven once more. You know what? Maybe a little crooked is fine. I mean, we're a little crooked and we're going to be fine, she said, reaching for his hand. But before we kiss and make up, I've got to brush my teeth. My mouth feels like ass. The end. Awesome. <laughs> human condition again, man. It's always going to get us. Yes. Barfing is the human condition. It, We've all had that hangover. It's what brings us together. <laughs> that, that is party oh, animals. That is awesome. You know what is so funny how like Brittany subtly worked her way into both of our stories? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's what she deserves. Mm -hmm. it, Joe Jonas. Know, it, hey, she was a big Joe, Joe Bros oh, yeah. fan. Yeah, uh, and she I, just took me to the concert that's a couple true. weeks ago. You guys just went yep. recently. Um, and obviously I couldn't pick Nick. A, because this character's yeah. name was Nikki. Yeah. And Nikki B, and because I'm the only diabetic <laughs> yeah. that needs to be You're the center around. in the yes. universe on this podcast. Exactly. Yes. It's This is my like, podcast for how, one diabetic. How do you choose your character names? I love character names. Uh, and with with these s'more stories, I try not to think too much about yeah. it because I also love coming up with last names. Me too. But with these s'more stories, it's like, I don't need yeah. I don't need last names. And so for these, I, I tend to start with just like basic ass names. And then sometimes they stay, sometimes they switch, um, kind of depending on like the character's nationality. Yeah. Like with this one, I wanted Minjay to be Korean. Um, and so wanted him to not be named Steve, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like stuff like that. But with, awesome. with these flash fiction stories, it's names are, I try to keep them as simple as possible. Yeah. Memorable, but not like boring. Yeah. You know? That's great. I always overthink it. I'm like, is this, too. is this too, is this too white woman writes a character named Austin? <laughs> <laughs> That was, oh God, I wrote, I did not name my character Austin, but I wrote something and I asked my friend that and he was like, what the fuck are you even talking about? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> See, but that's, that's the kind of things that writers have to think Absolutely. about. Is like, is this stupid? Is yeah. this just me being dumb and like not branching out yeah. or something? And so I do try to like think about names in a specific way of like, 
like what is this yeah. person like where are they from does it kind of match what their personality yeah. is if possible yeah you know? i also really the only time names ever bother me when i'm reading something is when every single name is something outlandish yes. you know yes. like i feel like you have to have at least a little balance you gotta throw in like a like a steve mm-hmm. they can't all be nova and even in chesapeake like a fantasy story like game of thrones yeah where the main character's name is john yeah exactly yeah exactly. like that's gotta a, have a john exactly that's a good, good rule throw a john in there and then you can have all the weird yeah. ass fantasy yeah. names that you That'd want be great and that makes up that makes up for it. it's okay awesome that was so good colby i really enjoyed that thank you it was kind of my my the idea behind it was uh when you so when you chose the topic i was like okay this is like a feels like a real topic yeah it's exactly. like not like a genre not like a sci-fi or like yeah. horror genre although you kind of made it into a spooky thank thing which you, is great you. so you, you you were able to stretch it into that but for me i was like i think i need to try to like keep it grounded which i'm not good at yeah. <laughs> like i normally i try to go weird um and so i was like i want to to make it feel grounded but i the idea was i wanted to try to write an argument yeah i, love that. I, I don't think i'd ever done it before like between a a, a couple like in a relationship and it just this for some reason this topic seemed like fitting to try to just write an argument based around it somehow. Um, and so obviously I'm in my thirties now. And so the idea of like a hangover could hit particularly harder now yeah. than it did in my early twenties. Uh, and I was like, that feels like a good argument starter. It really or at does. Least de- yeah. Cause everybody's kind of on edge. They feel yeah. shitty. Uh, and then if something obviously, uh, infuriating happened the night before yeah. that's gonna come into play that was such a it's such a believable such a believable fight i was just talking about that word the c word <laughs> as an I, adjective I, i'm gonna say i'll say this i did not enjoy reading it out yeah. loud <laughs> it's i was talking to somebody about it because now it's sort of like been taken back a little bit yes as many many words are reclaimed mm-hmm. but i just thought that it was so so like i would have that same reaction and then also i want to point out your dialogue is so real this is so true i really struggle with that a lot my characters sound like they're speaking to each other like in literature (laughs) they don't (laughs) that's so funny i think that's one of the few things that i do love i love dialogue and i love making it feel like spoken yeah and and i mentioned earlier like you've got descriptions like that feel so clear in my head and so we're each other finding the things that like we wish we did more of yeah in in our in our own writing i also um i cannot it is a huge hang up for me. I cannot read my own dialogue out loud. I can't. I, I just applaud you so much for doing that. <laughs> I can't do it. Anytime I've ever had to do a public reading, I have like chosen or written something specifically without dialogue. I my I think my writing strategy is like I try to write as much dialogue yeah, as possible. That's so funny. <laughs> you do it really well. Thank like you. clearly practice makes perfect. Thank you. I you know, with, with something like this, it was like I did want it to feel grounded and feel realistic, but then it was like it my own like you know body horror yeah. stuff and like comedic instincts like yeah <laughs> like i gotta throw some throw some gross stuff in there yeah. but stuff that like i feel like a lot of people have dealt with yeah, at definitely. some point so it wasn't just kind of gross for gross sake hopefully yeah. didn't ideally. feel that way to me yeah you did a good job um, good balance I, I did love the idea of because i had some some other stuff written at the end but I, for some reason i really loved the idea of ending the story with my mouth feels like ass yeah <laughs> Just as like the worst hangover feeling in the it world. It really is. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to cut it off there. And I, because I, I was like, I don't need like a full resolution. Yeah. Like we know what's happening with them. Just your description of the hangover was so <laughs> legit. It was really real. That's it. That's how I get the spins so fast. It's the worst. That, it was, I was like, 
you were reading it and I was I was there. Yes. <laughs> I was experiencing that. Uh, I, I'll tell a quick story yeah. because there was some inspiration behind this. So I, I hadn't really had a, a bad hangover for like a while, uh, like years, maybe five or six years. Uh, and this year I was hanging out with some, my siblings up in Nashville. They all very much like wine and good liquor. Uh, and so I was drinking some of it the night before. And the next day or the next morning, we had uh, a full day of things to go do. All my nieces and nephews had like soccer games and baseball games and dance recitals, literally all before like 2 p.m. And I was going to be a good uncle, go to all of them. So I'm sitting at uh, a Little League baseball game next to Brittany. <laughs> and this is like in the summer. It's hot. Oh, it's like muggy outside. And Nashville hot is a different kind of hot. It was miserable. And I was like, the drive over, I was like holding on yeah. to Brittany. Like, <laughs> like, this, like every turn felt yeah. like the last turn I would ever take. And so I'm sitting there on the bleachers watching these terrible kids play baseball. They're just so bad. Not being able to even focus. Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel terrible. And so I was like, I think I got to go. I got to try to throw up. And so I have to like walk to the clubhouse uh, where it's like, for children, basically, yeah, shame, <laughs> go man. into the the <laughs> tiny ass stall and like make myself throw oh, up. God. And there's like a kid outside, a couple kids are like, I think somebody's throwing up in there. I'm like, what is happening yeah. in my life right now? I was like, this I this feels like its own story on yeah. its own. And when I was kind of coming up with this concept, I was just able to latch onto that feeling <laughs> of <perfect>. shame, <laughs> like yep. pure shame. You could have um, been like a dare ad for those kids, <laughs> like, listen, children. <laughs> And wine drunk, wine drunk and Nashville hot. That is, it's a bad wow, mix. that it's is a, bad a really mix. bad combo. And so, so I was, I'm glad that I was at least able to mine it for some content. Absolutely. That. That's, that's part of the writerly journey, isn't it? It's like, oh, here, I'm, I've, I've experienced this. Other people probably have. Exactly. It's the human condition yeah. as, as we've repeated many <laughs> times. Um, and I, I am very, very grateful that I was able to, to get this story done before November. Yeah. Because I mentioned Pre-recording, I am currently participating and trying to complete the uh, National Novel Writing Month yes. Challenge or NaNoWriMo, Amazing. which is a fun little shortened way to say it. I don't even know. Um, and, and which essentially is I'm trying to write 50,000 words of one project in one month. Um, and it is terrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it of is, course. I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now. We're, we're recording on the 7th of November and I am on track. It is the first week. <laughs> So I, I was really, really happy that I, that I was able to like finish this story beforehand yeah. so that I wasn't kind of like trying to brainstorm yeah. this new idea Ooh. while doing this. And Multiple projects is really hard to juggle. That is yeah. my problem is that I want to do so many different things. Yeah. And so this, this month is a good challenge for me to just kind of like just tunnel That's vision awesome. myself. You're going to do great. It's going to be awesome. That's the goal. But 50,000 words. It's a lot. There's so many things I also want to write. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to like be keeping a, a journal whenever ideas come up. You're like, don't let that go. Yes. I always tell myself I'm going to remember and I never do. I, I need to be better about writing things. I've been now. better about taking notes and doing like to-do lists yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, and, and of course me and Brittany are working on the next uh, issue of Mishmash, yeah. our zine. Amazing. So. Congratulations on that. You guys have done such a great. Thank you. You guys are just creating a really incredible community for writers and creatives. And I really appreciate how. You're not letting – it's such a dire time in the world right now. And it's so important to elevate creativity and yeah. goodness and joy. You guys are doing a really great job just Thank you. capturing that and making sure it gets out to people. It's really special. That is one of the nicest things that's ever been said on this podcast. Aww. And I, I'm not going to argue with you. Thank <laughs> yes, you. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, you. That's, that's the goal. It. That's what we want. We want to we 
do writing. We want to do storytelling, yeah. but I also want to like do it with other people yeah, and highlight great. others as well and doing that as well. And so, um, I, yeah, this is, this is the most fun. It's is, so, is, I'm enjoying it. I know I probably talk way too much. I am. Everybody says that. Yeah. You're, oh, good, you're talking okay. the perfect amount. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, I, speaking of talking the perfect amount, yeah. um, I'm going to have you talk some more Great. in the form of a topic. A topic. I want you off the top of your head to just give me a topic that will be added into the topic oh. list that oh my gosh. you saw earlier. Um, There's no wrong answer. Wow, to be placed next to all those geniuses. I know. I call this segment spontaneous topics. Spontaneous topics. Topic. Or spawn topics. Um, uh, Waffle House divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yes. Oh, God. I already hope somebody picks this one. <laughs> I, this... Oh. I love this. This is so much fun. That was Waffle fun. House divorce. Yes. It is going into <laughs> the topic list. What an honor. With your name next to it. Oh, I love Sarah it. Sarah Packer. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. I, That's fun. This is, I'm already letting my brain think about ideas and this is bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Ring it, ring it in. Okay. Come on. Come on, Colby. Um, thank you for this. That's great. Thank you for the opportunity. That's so. I, I really hope someone chooses. I'd be so honored. Me too. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> oh, I'll, great. Text, okay. I'll text you immediately. Awesome. Um, so the next segment that I always try to have in each episode is, of course, story spotlights. You've heard the listener. You've heard great stories mm -hmm. from the two of us. I'm sure you love them, obviously. Um, but we also want to give you something else to maybe check out, something to uh, consume for yourself that maybe we watched or consumed recently and want to just recommend. Um, so do you have anything in mind? I do. Yes, I actually have two things. Yes. Um, the first one is a novel that I just recently got back into the habit of going to a bookstore and just picking up something random. Nice. Um, which I did a lot as a kid and not, never as an adult. Um, and I just started doing that. And I picked up this novel called The Dog Stars by Peter Heller. I think that's his name. Um, it was a 2012 novel about life after a flu pandemic. Oof. So... A little spooky <laughs> premonition prophecy um but i i am not a post-apocalyptic girly that is sure. not my jam my i jam. loved i loved this book it was such it was personal it was not about the world as a whole it was mm -hmm. about one man's journey and experience um and it was again like very human it wasn't about you know fighting for your life it was so stunning i finished it and then I like waited a couple days and then I started it again. I was so, I was like, I need to have, I need to like read it differently now that I know how it ends. It's beautiful. Real quick. What is your, I've, I've never reread a book. Really? Is that, is that weird? I, I almost. Do you reread a lot? When I'm really busy, I reread. Because okay. if I zone out for 10 pages, I don't have to go back. Sure. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like a comfort read. Oh, definitely. Or oh. I, I read a lot of stuff from childhood. Okay. Too. Like, um, I'm, I just started reading, again, the series of Unfortunate Events. Oh. Such a huge shape just shaped me as a writer so yeah. so so much and i bet those really, go back and read really well they do they are not kids books no. i read i'm like what i had no business reading this when i was 11 <laughs> it's crazy and they're so silly and goofy at the yeah, same time while great. also being like cool and dark yeah they're wow. really great what a good series it really is yeah. i recommend i recommend rereading when you need it's like rewatching shows i do that too that's, um that's my thing has always been like i love reading but there's also 
10 million things yeah. that I want to read. And so it's hard to, to let myself like feel okay with that in yeah. my brain. Yeah. You're like, I've already d- put the energy. Like it does. It is a daunting thought to me. I don't like to consider how, th- how much I will never be able to read in my life. <laughs> all I can think about. And there's doors. just so much that's out there that I want to read. And I have still friends who I read for, which mm-hmm. is like, priority for totally, me. Totally, yes. Um, and I, that's such a special experience. And I, I love that. So especially I do, you know, I'll reread stuff when I'm working with a friend on a novel or a poem or a story, you know, that stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because I'm like, I want to give my attention to them. Totally. Um, and on that note, my second recommendation, yes. I have been rewatching. This is co- probably going to sound kind of silly. Just hear me out. This is the silly podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. One Tree Hill. <laughs> yeah. I watched in high school and I am rewatching it now. And Mm -hmm. it is very different as an adult, very touching and absolutely psychotic, but I have cried so much, so much. So if you haven't watched One Tree Hill, especially probably women, um, the three main characters are doing a podcast, uh, a rewatch podcast. So it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who, Who are the ones doing it? It's Sophia Bush, Hillary Burton Morgan, and um, Bethany Joyland. Nice. And they're the three main female characters, and it's just been so fun, so fun to what, like. Re-watch. What's it streaming on these days? Uh, Max. Max. It's on Max. Nice. Yeah. I I think Brittany has maybe watched it. She probably I has. Don't actually, yeah, know though. That's her vibe. I think. It's, it seems like it would be <laughs> yeah. her vibe. It's really great. It is really outlandish at times, but like truly emotional so much of the tv was at that point like yeah if you go back and watch the oc yeah talk about unhinged yes like stuff. oh my god they just got away with so much shit yeah there's anytime i'm on a rewatcher like i always am rewatching friends mm. um all the time and i'm I, I just always have that thought where i'm like you could not say that you could not say that today no and those Yikes. were also the eras of like each season was like 30 episodes yes. and so there's just like an influx of shows and yeah. episodes for all of these different series yeah. it's wild cool i actually would be curious to go back and check yeah. check out one tree hill there's a, i have a few friends who are doing rewatches yeah. as oh, well awesome. so you're not alone Great. I think it's, something about it is like back in the zeitgeist it, now. yeah i, don't know I love that probably the podcast they're reviving it which is awesome it, nostalgia is huge it's, it's i love nostalgia and it is also terrifying it, absolutely <laughs> in the, same, in the yeah. same way it's hard to go back sometimes it is um great recommendations what was the first book called the dog stars the dog stars cool title it really well. is it's great check that one out um and then one tree hill yeah great great recommendations um mine is a pretty easy one i just recently finished reading uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh great. Uh, which classic has taken me the better part of six months to read yeah because it's like uh, not for any particular reason outside of uh i'm just have been reading a lot of comics this year it's only like 200 pages um, but something about the language uh it's so dense with jokes that i wanted to like kind of take my time with it yeah and then just forgot about it for like months on end but this past week i was just like i'm gonna power through and, and finish it and it's delightful it's so fun and pleasant and silly and i have such an appreciation for like successful silly things yeah like Discworld is another one that is uh, just kind of like silly fantasy and this is silly sci-fi that's i've gotten that recommendation so 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 much it's an easy read if you're not me Um, (laughs) but it's short it's really short there's not like a ton to it but there's every sentence has like a joke or a clever uh word play in it and i think that's what like i you don't see that much anymore. Yeah. I don't think I could write that. Yeah. Like I'm not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> and so. But that's, you should challenge yourself true. too. I do believe in that, you know, what, when you determine what you want to write is to like write to the gap that you see in what you're reading. 
You're not wrong. Fill it. You are not wrong. I'm going to fill that gap. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to be silly. Absolutely. Um, but no, it's it's a great story. Um, I just recently watched the movie adaptation, uh, I think yesterday as well. Also very silly and fun. It's got Martin Freeman. Yeah. Like the cast <laughs> is crazy. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And you know, it's just a, it's, it's nice to have fun things to watch, uh, especially while the world is how it is yeah. now. Um, or read as well, of course. So yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide. Awesome. It's a series as well. There's other books uh, that I may check out at some point. Um, but I'll probably read something else. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll probably jump into some some big old fantasy books. Yeah. Good next. for you. <laughs> we'll see. As you should. Um, but yeah, I think I think those are some great recommendations from all of us. Um, and I think the the only thing we need to really end on is where can people find you if if you have writing available that people can support. Yeah. Um, is there anything like that? Um, currently, no. You can follow me on Instagram. Yes. Um, my Instagram handle is Sarah Packer thirteen. Um, there's, I don't do anything important on Instagram. Um, but I, I taught a creative writing class at an art center, um, in August and they've mm-hmm. asked me to do another one. Nice. So info, whenever that comes up, will be on there. It's in Monroe, which is nowhere near anything. That's okay. But Monroe is, <laughs> is Atlanta yeah, adjacent. Yeah. It's somewhat. cute. It's cute. Yeah. Um, it's far from me, but I will be there, um, whenever we get that. But that's like the only thing upcoming I have. If you are a student at GGC, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how what your listenership, All the, you know. Actually, I'm actually huge at GGC. Okay, I, of uh, course. I'm kind of a celebrity. Though. I should have known. <laughs> um, I'm teaching uh, themed classes next semester. My theme is Stranger Things. Whoa. So I really hope. I'm so excited about it. You get to choose that? Yeah. That's awesome. We get to choose. And so I like ordered a textbook and everything. Um, I think that's going to be like a really good time. Yes. So you guys can, I'm not hard to find in the directory. If anyone's listening that wants to take that class. I wish I could take that class. You may come sit in anytime. (laughs) Can I audit? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's such a, a, a cool idea for a class. And, and I can remember specific classes that I took in college that were like that, yeah. where it's like specific themed classes yeah. that were basically just what the professor wanted to talk about. It's so fun. And like, those were the classes I enjoyed the most. Yeah. So I'm sure you will have an absolute yeah. blast with I that. was talking to when I was like, do I have to get like this approved? They're like, no, you could do whatever. And they were like, probably just don't do Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> they knew? They knew that's where you were going? Yeah. <laughs> they knew me as a student. Now they know me as a teacher. I was like, okay, that's fair. I can completely, no completely understand you there. Yes. Fair. Uh, well, either way, it's going to be a great class. I can't wait for the new uh, Stranger Things season whenever it comes out yeah. at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely put the uh, put your Instagram handle awesome. in the show notes so you can go find it. And yeah, give Sarah a follow uh, so you can get uh, updates on, on anything coming up. Uh, teaching-wise or writing-wise, either way. Awesome. Um, any final thoughts on, you know, just unlocking the secret of creativity for the entire world? Uh, yeah. Just, you know, any basic stuff? Um. Oh, my gosh. Unlocking creativity. You have to sleep enough. Ooh. Nice. Um, you have to – and that's just kind of a silly, but it's so important. Not silly. Like, you cannot think correctly if you don't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to just be – my, my thing is, I don't know how to really like say it. Um, no wrong answer. I have been doing this thing where I'm trying to um, appreciate like this really, really tiny, minuscule, small things. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently I've been like focusing on how good I feel after I shower. Like the really just tiny things that I think like almost meditation, Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely, yes. Um, I've, n- I've never been good with like structured meditation, but like 
identifying all these tiny moments in my life that make me feel good, mm -hmm. relaxing into that, and then writing from that place is where mm -hmm. I have been the most successful. Post-shower. Yeah, post-shower. You're talking to somebody who loves showers. I just, there's nothing like a, a good shower. Yes. I I love it. It, it. I love. I actually love that you mentioned showers, and we're going to talk for another minute. I know I, was, <laughs> I know I was leaning towards ending the podcast, but you got me talking about showers. Yeah. Showers for me sometimes, if I'm in like a, a creative zone yeah. or like working on a project, it's like where so many of my ideas Dude, come out same. of. It's awesome. I when I was in college, I was working in retail. I worked at Old Navy, and they have like that huge denim wall. And I would just go like I would work the um, night shift to closing after hours and mm -hmm. fold all the denim. And I would just like put white noise in my headphones. I got the most ideas folding that those damn jeans. There have been times in my life where I've wanted to walk into an Old Navy and just start folding their jeans for and them. Just let your ideas yeah, start coming. Just so something would come to me. But yeah, it's like. Those little things. I driving a lot of times. I get ideas. Mm -hmm. I have you know dictate to Siri what to write, and then I never know what I meant when I read it. Yes. The, the, what you are describing is very similar to what a former guest also has mentioned um, on her podcast, uh, Allison Kendrick. Um, she taught me about a phrase called dopamining, where you are that. doing things like little things that just make you feel good, yeah. that put you in a good headspace, yeah. and you are adding the <clears throat> layer of than going to write and yeah. create things from that space. Yeah. So you're just building on. Absolutely. It's a great, and it, even if it's not like working in a creative way, it's like when you're in that space is when you should call your friends, when you should check up on people, when you Ooh. should shoot that, hey, love you, hope you're doing okay text. Like being in, you, it, there's, a, there's a good way to be selfish sometimes. It's to take care of yourself in that way and just, you know, move forward in a loving, joyous, lightful manner. I, I, there's nothing I can add to that. This just became a life podcast. Amazing. Uh, we are the human condition. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Seriously, though, thank you so much, Sarah, for, for joining me. This was a blast. I'm so <clears throat> grateful uh, that you were kind enough to share us a story uh, that, thank that you. you wrote. Thank you so much for having me. I have enjoyed this so much. It's been so fun. And uh, now that you are a guest, you can just send me topics whenever you need Oh, them. I, I will I'll be. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's the privilege, guest privilege. So <laughs> Love that. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, and for everybody out there, stay toasty. And uh, actually, literally, because it's starting to get yeah, chilly outside. Yeah, get cozy. Take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Take a good, long, hot shower. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye.